0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the second season of Geeky Dads Talk About Geeky Things. Today on the show I have Jason C. Joyner joining me. He and I are going to sit down and talk about our top five MCU films. Before we get started, I do want to let you know one thing. First of all, this season is being brought to you by Wiccan Sarcasm Candles. Wiccan Sarcasm Candles is candles with a sense of humor. They have writing-themed candles, they have geeky-themed candles, and they have candles that if you just want to burn while reading a good book. If you use uh, the promo code GeekyDads at checkout, you will get a discount on your order. So go to WickedSarcasm.com, order your candle today, use the promo code GeekyDads, and help sponsor the show. Alright, thanks for listening, and now here's the show. everybody this is geeky dads talk about geeky things i'm jj johnson and coming back on the show today is award-winning author jason c joiner jason what's going on man hey jj how's it going did you have a good christmas i did i did and i you know i was actually sick on christmas day so um that wasn't fun, but we do our big Christmas on Christmas Eve, and I got to enjoy all that. But Christmas Day, I actually had a stomach bug. So I laid on the couch all day while everybody went over to my mother in laws, and it was a relaxing day. But, you know, obviously I'd rather hang out with everybody else and then do our traditional, you know, buy Chinese food and things like that. And that's, you know, what I missed the most. But uh, other than that, it was a good, good Christmas and New Year's. How about yours?
1: yeah it was good we kind of changed up the um the routine the tradition a little bit and um, we had like a brunch over at our house um and uh you know so we had fruit and eggs and um potatoes and breakfast meat and so we played games and um watched some football and hung out and um but i can't think i don't think i really got anything too geeky for christmas so um, did you get anything geeky? You know, actually I did.
0: Um, you know, I love uh Timothy Zahn's thrawn trilogy, the new one. And okay, yeah. So I got the original Timothy Zahn Throne Thrawn trilogy with Heir to the Empire and uh you know Dark Force Rising and The Last Command. I I have read those like back when I was in high school, and then sometime between like college and you know getting married and as a single guy moving like 300 times when you did like you do, I sort of lost them and I haven't ever had a chance to replace them. So I was pretty excited about that to get to replace it. And then um, I got like this book on the origin of the will of time, which I'm a huge fan of. My mom got me that. And so I was just kind of is, is mainly books is what I got, but that's what I enjoy the most. And what I, when I like my wife got me some cool things, she, she owns a candle company. so she kind of poured this you know specific candle for me um you know jj's writing fuel and it, it's kind of got that coffee and caramel scent that i like and if anybody wants to go and order candles from wick sarcasm this is they are sponsoring today's show so there we go nice <laughs> so yeah i i got stuff like that but you know my wife and i we try to keep things small we try to keep them simple and, um, you know, just kind of focus on the kids as far as spending money. And I didn't want everybody spending a lot of money on me this year. I told him, just get me a book, man. I'll be happy with a book and, and satisfied with that. And, you know, with inflation and stuff like that, it's just like that. Don't, don't spend your money on me. If I want something, I'll go buy it. <laughs> so
1: yeah, as you get older, it gets harder. Cause you're like, Oh, I want that. I'll get it. And then you parent, everybody's like, you're hard to shop for. I'm like, Oh, like. My favorite movie of last year was Top Gun Maverick, and I had been really wanting to uh, watch it again, but I was patient and I said, hey, you know, if somebody wants to get me some for Christmas, I'll take the Blu-ray because I like to have a physical copy, um, you know, in case something comes up and, you know, who knows what's going to happen digitally. So then you own something, In my feeling.
0: Nice,
1: nice. You know... Top Gun Maverick was actually one of the
0: shows I watched on Christmas Day when I was laying on the couch with a stomach bug. So Um, it was on Peacock and uh, I watched it. I hadn't seen it yet and
1: I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a good film, man. Oh, man, that was, yeah, my favorite film of last year. You know, it um, even beat um, films that are part of the subject of our podcast today if you're looking for a transition. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's right. So today, Jason and I are going to be talking about our top five MCU universe films, I guess you could say, uh, or TV series if you want. It doesn't matter either one, but our top five MCU. I I love the MCU. Um, I know you do as well. We've talked about it multiple times. Uh, there's some films I just don't they just don't hit it for me, but there are a lot of films in this in this that are doing really well and and not to kind of knock on DC because I'm a DC comic guy. Um that's where I cut my teeth when it was, as far as comic books was concerned. but I just feel like MCU has just what Marvel's done with this cinematic universe is just they're so far ahead of the game of what uh, DC and Warner Brothers have been doing. So I actually, enjoy a lot of the storytelling that we've been getting through these films.
1: Oh, I, I definitely agree. Um, you know, you, and I think back, you know, you, I don't think we, you know, could really understand what they were up to when they started. And, you know, you had that little tease at the end of Iron Man, if you sat to the end credits, when uh, Samuel L. Jackson shows up as Nick Fury, you know, Saying that you know he's looking at the Avengers Initiative, and everybody's like, "What?" And you know, to think of where they brought that—I mean, if, if you kind of think about it, what an undertaking that was to pull those—you um, know—all those characters together, um, set things up, and yeah, like you said, there's some, there were some ups and downs with uh, the Infinity Saga, as they call it nowadays. But um, overall, I mean, it just is something you really have never seen in movies before is all this interconnected stuff building up to, you know, what they were able to create. And now, um, you know, the end of phase four and and I think um, a lot of perception is that it wasn't as strong as what Marvel had done before. But, you know, um, I'm I'm intrigued with what they do with Ant-Man Mania, you know, coming up here in February. So we'll see uh, we'll see how phase five kicks off
0: yeah for you know guys of like our generation who grew up you know going to comic book stores buying the comics and you know the interconnected stories that were that that came with the comic books to see them pull this off with films this is a very difficult medium to transfer a comic book story to a you know to a film or to a television series i, I there are times where I felt like they hit it there are times where I feel like they missed it, but it is a very huge undertaking. And to have the budget to do it the right way, Marvel really did sit down and and plan this, uh, you know, along with Disney. And I think, I think they really nailed it where some franchises haven't really been as successful because of not, you know, not having the commitment to do it and stuff like that. So I felt like this was good. So you got your top five, man. I do.
1: I definitely do. You ready? All right. Why don't you kick us off
0: with your number five and let's just go down the list like we usually do.
1: Okay. So my number five MCU movie, um, and I didn't, you didn't give me the option of the TV shows, but I don't think I would have thrown, I don't think any of of those would have knocked out uh, this list. But my top, my number five movie is Iron Man, the OG MCU movie. Um, You know, I remember when, you know, people, when Rod, Robert Downey Jr. was uh, cast as Tony Stark and some people were kind of bagging on him with his, you know, past with his drug conviction and things, but I'm sitting there thinking that I might be onto something here. This may be, yeah, I can see him doing Tony Stark. And then you see the trailer and it's like, I was excited. And um, I remember visiting people over in, in Boise, Idaho, um, away from home. And I'm like, look, you know, I don't usually when you're out and about, you're not worrying about a movie, but it's like, Hey, let's go to a movie. And we went saw Iron Man and we walked out of there just electric going, man, that was such a good movie. And, you know, they'd had, you'd had some good superhero movies up to that point. You know, you'd had good Batman ones and really lousy ones. You had Spider-Man two and, you know, the original X-Men movie and, um, and, you know, some different ones that really hit. And then you had a lot of flops, but Iron Man was just like, wow, you know, here's a guy that people aren't as familiar with and they, they seem to really nail it. And so, yeah, just going back to Iron Man, um, the first one that that's still one of my favorite movies out of the MCU. Yeah.
0: And I remember when Robert Downey Jr. was
1: cast and what year
0: was Iron Man? Was that 06? 07. I want to say. 07. um, yeah, you know, we had had Batman Begins, which was a stellar movie in the DC, and so you're like, What is Marvel gonna do? Because you had X-Men, you had uh, Spider-Man, you know, all that, but this was something different. And he got cast, and I, you know, obviously, we all knew he had a past, um, and he had, he had turned his, his life around, I guess you could say, in a sense. Um, uh, I remember him from U.S. Marshals. And I thought that was a great movie. And that was like one of the only roles that I'm just sitting here going, I don't remember him from a whole lot. And then, uh, then, you know, I remember seeing the trailer now. Oh, six, oh, seven. My wife and I were living in a little studio apartment. We had no money back then. (laughs) So um, we're both at the very beginning of our careers. And, you know, we didn't, I didn't get to go to the theater a lot. So I had to wait until, it came out, and I think Blockbusters was still around back then. <laughs> so I went to Blockbusters and rented it, and it was either Blockbusters or Hollywood Video, one of the two. And I rented it on DVD, and I brought it home. I watched it in our little tiny apartment, and I watched it. and I was just blown away. And I remember getting to the end and seeing that post-credit scene with Samuel Jackson, and Tony Stark, and I'm just our when Nick Fury comes in. And, you know, he says, I'm putting together a team. And I'm like, how are you all going to pull this off? And so I agree. I think Iron Man is the bookend. It is right there at the beginning. It is one. It's the thing that kicked this whole thing off. So I gotta agree.
1: That's a great choice, man. Yeah, it looks like it was 2008 that came out. But just to clarify. Yeah. All right. So um my number five
0: is is. I don't know. Some people don't like this film. I like it for different reasons. And the reason I like it is because of the characters. I got to go with the first Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, Man, this on paper, <laughs> this is not a group of, of people who should uh work well together. I mean, when you look at everything about each one of these characters, and and I think this is why I like this because of, of just the the unlikely type of hero, in a way, I mean, when you when you look at uh, looking for my notes here. Okay, so when you look at every single one of these, and I wrote this down just a moment ago. Uh, why uh, each one of these characters? I mean, you got Quill who lost his mother to cancer. All right, you got Gamora who's basically the daughter of Thanos. Drax, who lost his entire family, when you look at Rocket and Group, I mean, pretty much the only friends they have are each other. I mean, this is the loser's club of superheroes, in a way. I mean, these these are the folks that are that are out there that should not be able to do what they do, and yet they do. And they work well together as a team. And I think it's that, that unlike... I like stories that are built around rejects in a way. I like stories that are built around the unlikely hero. I like stories that are built around people who have deep flaws. Uh, maybe that's some, uh, maybe it's just because my own past and I can relate a lot to that. I don't know, but to me, it just, it speaks well, uh, to what, you know, it means to be a hero. And I like, I love Quill. He is one of my favorite heroes. Um, i was sort of glad howard the duck really wasn't involved with the Guardians of the Galaxy cuz I remember the movie from how oh, was it the 80s and I was just kind of like you know eh, you know so I was kind of glad but at the same time I thought I thought it would have been fun to have him actually in it more but uh you know I go with Guardians of the Galaxy I think it's fun I think it's a lot of humor and I think it, it allows you to to take rejected characters and insert this, this humor into it, uh, that makes it enjoyable, fun, but also makes it relatable. So guardians of the galaxy, man.
1: Yeah. You, that's, um, I mean, that's a fun one. You know, it's one I thought about because, uh, you know, it's one of those that just shouldn't work. Um, and it does, I think, um, you know, you, I don't know if you watch Honest Trailers, the YouTube series where they kind of book fun things, but I think in theirs, they're just like, yeah, at this point, Marvel's like, you know, screw it. We can make money with anything, a talking tree, you know, a wisecracking raccoon, you know, challenge accepted, whatever. And uh, yeah, you, you you know, though they were pretty obscure, I really didn't know. I mean, I had heard the name and that was about it. I think I knew Rocket, Um, you know, and I'm a decent comic book fan and but you know, the way they pulled it off and and you know, made the attitude work and things and um, you know, just the <clears throat> kind of the, you know, galaxy hopping adventure that it is. It's kind of Marvel's version of a, you know, of a Star Wars story in a sense. And um, it's a lot of fun. It's definitely a good movie.
0: All right, man. So what's your number four?
1: You know, um, I kind of didn't I didn't want to load things up so much the way I did, but um, I couldn't get away from the first Avengers movie, you know, the original gathering of Iron Man, Thor Cap, you know, Hulk, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Um, and um, you know, between just the excitement you had when them building up the first phase one movies, you know, the individual, films for Thor and Cap and, um, seeing how they, things were coming together and then the way they stitched them together as a team. And, and I think it's when Loki really broke out. I mean, you know, people loved Loki as a villain, but I think, I think Tom Hiddleston really got his stride with Loki and Avengers. Um, I think in the first Thor movie, he was actually a little flat and a little, they didn't have him nailed down as much, but, you know, so between having a really great antagonist, an enemy for the team, and the way they pulled them together, um, you know, the, the thrill and the spectacle of it, just to, to see them work and pull all this off um, was just, you know, a thrill. I mean, I walked out of that theater going, okay, I should double back and hide and see it again right away because it was just so much fun. And um, then, you know, then to come to find out what all they were able to do, you know, building off of that. But yeah. So that first Avengers movie, you know, that's, uh, that's my number four. You know, I,
0: I think that's a great choice. And, you know, one of the things that my boys and I did
1: this past
0: year is we decided we were going to watch every MCU, M, uh, you know, MCU film in story order, starting with Captain America, then going Captain Marvel we we're going to watch it all the way through up to in game and try and have it complete by the end of the year. And we did that. And I remember when we got to this film and, you know, my kids are, they're, they're younger. So, you know, they just turned 10 and eight. So they were nine and seven uh, while we were watching this for most of the year. And just the look of excitement on their face, they're just like, Oh my gosh, they're all together. And I think that was kind of incredible because you were starting to really get the picture of what Marvel was wanting to do with these films. And, you know, it all came together. I agree about Loki. I felt like in the first Thor movie, I didn't get as much of him as I wanted to. Obviously the focus was on Thor, but I felt like in this one, you really got a lot of Loki and, I think this is where I fell in love with Loki as a character. It's also, you know, the part where I kind of fell in love with, you know, just the Hulk and what he, he was bringing to this, this team. And, you know, Thor, I remember Thor from, you know, the comic books. And I think it was Adventures and Babysitting or something like that. And I didn't know a lot about Thor before this, but I felt like all these characters coming together uh, with their own individual strengths, their own individual stories, and their own into, even their conflict, and you could sense the conflict already building between Cap and Iron Man and things like that. It was there, it was present. So I felt like this was kind of like that good ending to a big first act. You're just kind of like, all right, all right, where do we go from here? And so I, I agree, it's a great film, man. So what's your next one? Well, my next one, I had a hard time thinking about it, but I got to go with Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, now, a lot of this, you know me, I am a sucker for anything nostalgia. I, I just, when it comes to that, I love it. This, this film had a lot of fan service to it in, in a good way, I felt like. It had a good, strong story. Uh, some people didn't like it, some people did. But I love what they were able to do now that, you know, Disney Marvel had, you know, the rights to Spider-Man and how they they honored the previous two, uh, you know, film franchises in a way that was very tasteful, I felt like. And I felt like doing that also opened up the multiverse, you know, for the next step into the, you know, the next Doctor Strange. But for me, I think this film is, it, it, it speaks a lot of what it means to to sacrifice. Now, there's a line in this film. I think it was the Green Goblin who said this. He says, you know, Peter, you're struggling to have everything you want while the world tries to make you choose. And that line right there, I always look for lines. I love movie lines and I love lines. that I feel like really dive into the story. And that is really so true. Of what Peter Parker's life is like in a way. I mean, he wants everything, but you know, the world is trying to force him to choose. And I think so many people can relate to that in, in a good way. And of course, you know, we all know the ending. To me, this is one of the the hardest and saddest endings, I think, in any of the MCU films, because I think it showed what it means to ultimately sacrifice to give up on friendships. And for a lot of us, friendships are the only thing that keeps us going. But to give up on those friendships and, you know, the memories and knowing that, you know, everybody's in life, their fear is to be forgotten. You know, that's that's one of the biggest fears that people have is just to not make an impact it's not and to be forgotten. And here, I mean, it's best for them. And he knows that. But he has been forgotten by them. They don't know him. They don't know him as Spider-Man. I mean, it's just he gave he he sacrificed everything for the good of others and for their protection, which was an incredible story. And that's something that, you know, that people we all want to do for our families and our kids and things like that. But at the same time, it was an ultimate sacrifice. And I felt like it was a good theme for that movie. So I got to go with Spider-Man No Way Home.
1: You know, that one was, <clears throat> that one was so close to making my top five and um, yeah, just wrestling with it in Iron Man and in the first Avengers, it definitely's you know, my number six, if nothing else. And yeah, I, you know, sure it was fan service. Some people, you know, were thought that was too over the top, but you know what? We've been paying to see a lot of these movies and, you know, I just wish they got too carried away with their trailers, both with Spider-Man No Way Home and with Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. I mean, they didn't, I mean, I they wish they'd had restraint with their trailers because people knew that, you know, both Tobey Maguire and, Andrew, you know, and um, that they were both coming back. <clears throat> and part of it because, you know, the, the trailer when... Um, you know, Tom Holland's Spider-Man is jumping in against all these bad guys. You see the lizard kick back and, but, you know, his Spider-Man is nowhere around them. And you know, you know, it's Andrew Garfield. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> they kind of blew it with things, but I mean, they, they brought him in in such a good way. And I think it really redeemed Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man because you forget how good a job I think he did um, with his Spider-Man. And he got saddled with, you know, um, poorer movies. I mean, the first Amazing Spider-Man was pretty good. The plot was a little convoluted. And then the second one was just like <laughs> this, you know, they just overloaded it and just kind of collapsed. And here he still, you know, you watch some clips out of the second Amazing Spider-Man. He does a great job. And, you know, it wasn't his fault that, you know, the that series didn't continue. They just um, gummed it all up and, Andrew Garfield had quite a year last year with some of the stuff he was in and it's just so it's kind of cool to see him get the you know um recognition he you know, should have had with um how good his spider-man was and, so, and just even the emotional you know where he saves um you know mj and so so yeah definitely that's a that's a top pick there for sure
0: All right, man. And I agree. I agree about, uh, you know, hit the amazing Spider-Man movies. Both of those. I felt like um, the plot was a little, you know, just all over the place. But I always felt like he was a good Spider-Man. I always felt like he was a good Peter Parker. So I was kind of glad to see him get that closure and kind of wrap up his his arc in a good and unique way. So I absolutely I agree with a lot of what you're saying about the trailers, too. Uh, and, and sometimes that's why I avoid movie trailers because it's like, all right, you're giving me most of the story right here. What am I going to get when I get there? So I try to avoid trailers sometimes. And then there are other times where the trailer just leaves me thinking, OK, now I got to see this. So I, I think trailers do play a huge part. And I think they're a unique part of storytelling when it comes to marketing. And I felt like I do feel like they kind of jack this one all up because we we're all like, all right, guys, we know they're going to be in this. Come on. So anyway,
1: all right. So what is your number three? Uh, My number three movie is Avengers Endgame. And, um, you know, the anticipation for this was so huge after, you know, after all of the movies building up to this and then the ending of Infinity War where half the heroes are wiped out. And you're I mean, everybody just couldn't wait you know, to see this. And so I had tickets, you know, for that Thursday night preview showing with my family. And then, you know, something came up at work and I'm like, they better get, you know, this better get done. Cause I am out of here. I have, I have these tickets and I am not going to miss out. Cause I, I, man, I didn't want to be spoiled in any way. I wanted to <clears throat> experience it all for myself. Um, and um, I wasn't disappointed, man. Um, it was just so good. Um, it uh, <clears throat> it maybe did a little too much with fan service. That's not why it's my top uh, Marvel movie. Um, but I mean, who can forget sitting there when the Mjolnir comes flying back and when Thanos was about to kill Thor and it's Captain America who gets to You wield mjolnir i mean you see if you go look at a youtube clip of that today if you don't get chills then you're not a marvel fan and then when they when all the portals open up and they're showing everybody and cap finally gets to say avengers assemble i mean man those are some top cinematic moments right there so um you know and there was some real payoff with you actually lost iron man you lost black widow um you know, and there were some consequences that actually, you know, carried through. So, yeah. Um, I just, you know, we were all geeking out so hard. Um, my family waiting to watch it. And, you know, um, so yeah, that definitely has to be, has to have a place in one of my, in my top list. So, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think
0: this is one of those films that, I think I saw it like the night after you saw it, and I think I remember like following you or something like, "Do not say a word." And I went. Um, I had assigned seats. I got it right in the middle, top row. That was the only ticket I could get. I went by myself. Kids weren't quite old enough to go with me to these films and stuff like that. And my wife will she'll go to she'll go to the geeky films with me and stuff like that, but it's usually just not her her thing. So, you know, I I I went. I had my popcorn. I was. Ready. And I mean, there were some great moments. Now, you know me, I'm a huge post apocalyptic fan. This hit all the right notes. I wish they kind of, you know, right there with Ant Man when he's, you know, waking up or, or coming out of, you know, and You know, it's sort of this apocalyptic situation. You're getting a feel for. I wish they would have delved into that a little bit more, but I don't. It's just that's a timing thing. You know, this movie was already going to be epic in a big way. You couldn't spend a lot of time on that. But I mean, yeah, there were some great moments. And when you know the portals open up and Cap's sitting there and he goes Avengers, and you know, just kind of whispers a symbol. I mean, the theater went nuts just because that. Such an epic moment in storytelling. And you're just like, people were just excited. They were cheering. This was the, I mean, everything for the 20 something films have been building to this moment. And I felt like what they did with game was, was brilliant because there was true cost, you know, like you said, with black widow, like you said, with, uh, Thor slipping into his depression or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, with Iron Man dying cap, just pretty much saying I'm done and going back in time and, you know, living his life and, you know, the what the one he never got. And so I think, I think you see a lot of, of good things. and And, and that's the thing about good, these superhero films. It's like, where is the cost? There's got to be a cost because if the hero only wins all the time, um, then it's... And that's that's kind of why, you know, I love James Bond's films, but I get a little sick of James Bond films because you always know James Bond's going to win in the end. And it's kind of like, you know, that that's what you get with superhero films, but at the same time, you want there to actually be some true sacrifice and cost. And I feel like you got that right here with, with him. So I think it's a good choice, man. All right, so my number three is actually one of the new uh series. It's of everything in phase four, and there's been there's been some difficulty with me in phase four. I haven't liked everything. Um but this one is the one I love the most, and that is Loki. Now, I felt like the reason one of the reasons I love Loki so much is not only do, do I love time travel stories that are done right um, and, and, and good in good and intriguing ways. But I felt like this, you know, this was a good time travel type story, time portal story, whatever you want to call it. But for me, it really built good character. It was a good character-driven story. But at the same time, it stayed connected to the MCU as a whole. And what I love about this is it took one brief moment in in game and it just kind of uh built off of that. That was the seed. That was the story starter for this. And because everybody's kind of like, okay, where'd this Loki go? Because we we all knew Loki was dead in this current timeline, but now that they're traveled back in time and you know you're kind of like, okay, where'd this Loki go? So I felt like it was really good in in, in that way. And it yeah you know, it gave viewers what they wanted with a decent payoff and where one division i liked one division but it just started out too slow for me and just by the time i got into it i was already towards the it was already towards the end and the ending with one division didn't leave me nearly as satisfied as the ending with loki not that one division was bad i just preferred loki over one division so I felt like this is one of the best of the TV series they've done. These little mini series. And, you know, I've watched pretty much all of them. Um, but I feel like a lot of them just sort of fell flat for me. But Loki really hit it out of the park for me in this unique way. So I got to go with Loki.
1: Well, yeah, this is one where we'll diverge a little bit because I like Loki fine. Um and but I I mean if we're talking the you know the Disney Plus series hey I actually have WandaVision and Ms. Marvel above it Um, and I really liked WandaVision I just thought it was really unique how they you know kind of went through the TV sitcom era and and building things up and but I mean Loki's you know obviously it did so well that you know they're doing season two coming out this year and then um, it was quite good and it was fun to see um, some of the things they did. And, um, but I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't as big of a fan as you know, some of my boys or, or as you, but that's okay to each his own. That's why we get to talk about these things and we can talk about what we enjoy and, you know, and just celebrate good things.
0: That's right. right. You know, and not, not everybody has to agree with what Jason and I say, you know, uh, Miss Marvel, I thought was, uh, I thought that was fun. I thought that was a cool story. Um, for, for me, I think the problem with One Division is just because I had read the Vision comics, and you know, to me, I was just like, Oh, I want you to stick with this. I want you to stick with this. And, and I think that was, that's the danger. I think, I, I think sometimes, not danger, but that's the downside. I think when you come from like, because a lot of my kids don't read the comics, you know, they're growing up with these films. You and I, we grew up with the comics first. We grew up with the animated series first, you know, that we're always on. And then we got the film. So we had, like, a lot of history with this stuff where a lot of the kids today growing up and the teenagers today, they aren't reading the comics from, you know, the 80s and 90s and stuff like that. So for me, I think that was the problem with with WandaVision is I had been a big fan of the Vision comic series, so... I think that's where they're, where I kind of diverged from, but you know, one division is good. And Miss Marvel's good. I forgot, actually forgot about Miss Marvel. I thought, I thought it was a fun series. Um, I, I I won't get into the ones I don't like because I don't want to cause controversy, but you know, um, and that's the thing, you, you know, not everybody's going to like the same thing you and I like, and guess what folks that's okay. So,
1: all right, what's your, what are we on? Number two, I think we're on my number two. <clears throat> So um, he, you know, I'm gonna, you know, um, I'm gonna quote honest trailers again. You know, he thought his first movie was was good enough. He wasn't your favorite Avenger, but uh when Captain America Winter Soldier came out, I think that's when people really started to take Cap in a whole new light and go, holy cow, you can make this character, you know, who kicks butt. And um, you know, because I think you know, he was so earnest in the first Captain America, and um, maybe not relatable um, as much, and it was a fun movie, you know, and, and there was definitely some great moments in that first movie, a solo movie of Cap, but, and then in Avengers, it's like, you know, they were still trying to figure out how to do him, and his, um, his uniform was kind of clowny, honestly, and um, and I think Chris Evans will be the first one to tell you that, but uh, man, when they came out with winter soldier, I remember being, you know, having a lot of anticipation. I'm like, I think this one's going to be really, really good. Um, And that, you know, that political tension, kind of that political thriller, spy thrillers feel to it. And I think this is when you really started to get more of the genre bending of the MCU films. It's like, okay, we've got Ant-Man as a heist movie and we've got, you know, this political thriller, and then, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy is kind of your Star Wars type things, your space opera. And you could, and it really, I think opened up the MCU because you can, instead of just having your standard comic book movie all the time, yes, you can, but you can also have them in different, um, also bleed into other genres and, you know, just it increases, you know, you, what you get to mix with and what you get to play with. And so, um, you know, I still love to pop up the, pull up the highlights, some of the fight scenes between like Cap and, and Bucky. I mean, the choreography they did on some of that stuff was so good. Um, you know, and the editing and the way they cut. And, you know, the this is where the Russo brothers really made their name and got pulled in to be a bigger part of the MCU. And um, so, yeah, I just um i really loved this one it was you know it was a thrill um and um so yeah number two for sure uh, and there's only one one movie that I even consider putting above it then of course it did that one did win number one in my list so what do you think
0: you know i loved winter soldier when this came out i this was hands down stru- story structure wise Character-wise, it was one of my favorites for a long, long time. And I think this is sort of, you know, I love shows that do politics right. That's why I'm such a big fan of Andor. But this this one, I think, really kind of really nailed it in a, in a good and healthy way. Um, you know, it's sort of that the consequences, you know, it's sort of that Manchurian candidate within a superhero film in a way. The fight scenes between him and, you know, Bucky. I mean, it's just, there's just something about that. The personal story as well. The character development that you get with, with cap and everything that's going on here. I, I felt like they did a really, really good job. And, you know, yeah, there were some things, I mean, you know, obviously the uniform and things like that. Uh, but this is the one I really think like his first captain America, I mean, it was good. I liked it, but it wasn't the type of Captain America I grew up really knowing about, you know, because it was set during, you know, the World War II and things like that. So for me, this is more in line with with what I think when I come to Captain America. And so I think it's a great film. I think it's worthy to put on this list. Uh, If you hadn't had it on your list, I probably would have put it on mine as well. Because it's one of those that I think is kind of a it's, you know, each one of these films there's some films that you kind of like, OK, you could take that out of the MCU and it wouldn't be missed. But then there are some films that kind of have that turning point. And this is one of those I think is really setting up for you know, what comes next in in the, all of the MCU. So I think it's a it's a good it's a good film. I, I think you're you're on the on here. Okay, what's your next? All right, my next one is a little more controversial. Um, I This is the the series that got me back into reading comic books. I had stopped reading comic books for quite a while, and this was kind of my first introduction back into Marvel. I heard what they were going to do, and I was like, I got to read this. And I know a lot of people didn't like it. It was controversial. I think now that when people look back to the comic book series they're kind of this has grown on a lot of people this was coming on the heels of the Patriarch and 9-11 and things like that that were going on politically within society. and so I gotta go straight up I gotta go Captain America Civil War um, oh, yeah. I think for me the two reasons I like this most is because of the character development you really get with both Cap and Iron Man it is it is so hard to choose which side to be on because a lot of people are like no I'm keen I'm team cap all the way. But at the same time there's that law and order type of side of me that's saying no no I kind of see Iron Man and you know his his point of view on this as well. And I think it left it's one of those films where when you really stop you watch it and you step back and you think to yourself, you kind of see you're conflicted on which point of view to take, and I think that's a good, a good and healthy thing because I think this is one of those sh- movies that really took morality and ethics and presented it to you, the viewer, and just said, "What side are you on?" And I think that that it's it's tough because most of us, when it comes to politics and things like that, we're right in the middle on a lot of things. There's things I'm like, okay, I lean way over here on this, and I lean way over here on this. But to be presented with a choice about what is ethically and morally acceptable and what is the right direction, I also like it because it helps introduce us to you know, the Black Panther and what was going to happen with him and his story. So I got to go with
1: Captain America Civil War. I think it's a great yeah. film, man. Yeah, that's definitely a solid one. And, um, one of the top tier Marvel, Marvel movies. Um, I think the, and, you know, when you get the heroes battling each other, um, you know, so much there, it it was, you know, again, it's Marvel's done a good job with kind of building up to these moments where you're like, oh my gosh, yes. And so bringing in yeah, you know, you got to remember they bring in Spider-Man for the first time to the MCU, and um, and uh, you know the the surprise reveal of Ant-Man going giant, and yeah. uh, you know there were some great things. I really loved the um, the fight when Bucky break, you know, the um, Baron Zemo uh, brainwashes Bucky and breaks him out of that um, prison thing. And, uh, and then Iron Man, all he has is, you know, his watch with kind of a haphazard, you know, repulsor on it and, you know, he and Black Widow are trying to take him out on their own and they get it handed to him and then here comes, you know, and it's the first time you really, you know, and then to see uh, T'Challa come in and that's one of my favorite scenes in the whole MCU. So it's really, really strong and solid. I think the, the third act, it was just kind of a, you know, the justification of bringing them to this place where Cap and Iron Man actually fought. And I mean, that was a great fight too, but the plausibility just kind of um, that's kind of what knocked it down on my list off of my list. So um, but it's pretty high. I mean, you know, I mentioned Spider-Man no way home being one of my honorable mentions. The first black Panther definitely is up there too with, one of those ones where I could really consider putting in this list, but there's only one that could really fit my number one spot. I think that's where we are right now. That's right. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Um, Avengers infinity war. And um, I think it's not only my favorite MCU movie. I think it's my favorite movie of all time. Um, and I remember just coming out there going, you know, I, I mean, it, First of all, people were solemn because they're like, oh my gosh, Avengers lost. You know, Thanos won. But then as you kind of read things, you realize, okay, who's the protagonist of this film? You know, and you and I are both writers. And so the protagonist doesn't mean they're the hero. It means the person who whose viewpoint drives the story and they have a desire that they want to, they have a goal that they're after. And Thanos was the protagonist. I mean, it's a Thanos movie and his antagonists are the Avengers. And we start with Thanos, you know, when they had destroyed the Asgardian ship and had, you know, um, had wiped, you know, taken out Thor and all of them. And it ends with him, you know, in his garden on the planet because he had the gauntlet and he was able to um, accomplish his mission. And yeah, he's not a hero you root for. And, But I mean, it was just so well built up with the tension and um, pulling the different aspects of the Avengers together and mixing them up in different ways, you know, getting Dr. Strange and Iron Man, you know, griping at each other and, um, you know, oh, well, let's throw Peter Quill and some of the Guardians in there as well. And and, uh, you know, just the mashup things that you did. And then the, you know, and they were darn sneaky with their trailers, you know, I'm you remember how you saw Hulk that there's that last scene in the trailer where they're running together and there you see the Hulk running and no, that's, and then you also see the Iron Man Hulk armor running and no, that's, you know, it was a fake out. It was actually Bruce Banner in the Hulk arm in the Hulkbuster armor. And I mean, they just storytelling wise, I thought they pulled together, you know, just such a tight story. Um, with humor, with some humor and heart. I mean, I loved, loved when the Thor woke up with the Guardians of the Galaxy and some of the interactions that they had. It was great. And, um, you know, just you're sitting there rooting for your heroes and you've seen them win all this time and they're going to win, they're going to win and no Thanos actually makes it. And um, so the payoff was just so strong with that movie. And so that's why, you know, to me, it even beats like, you um, you know, it even beats out any Star Wars movie at this point. Um, I just Infinity War is one that really hit for me. And um, so, yeah, if it's my favorite film of all time, obviously it has to be my top MCU film.
0: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, I pick up on the um, Thanos being the protagonist early on. I'm like, wait a minute. This is his story. This is not the Avengers story. This is his story. And we're sort of getting the the other side, the other character's point of view of it. But at the end of the day, it was him who had a goal. It was him who was on the journey to, to accomplish that goal. It was him who actually was facing conflict, keeping him from that goal. Um, I love the mashups, like you said. I think for me, the film, it got to... And, and this is one of my favorite in the comic book series. Obviously, it's a little different. Um but what I loved about it is, is you know, you get vision and what happens with vision, and then you're just like, oh man, that's that's heavy, and then you get the snap, and you start to see the consequence, and every single one of them just fading away, and all of a sudden you're sitting here going, wait a minute, Spider Man's not going to be in, you know, in game, Doctor Strange isn't going to be in in game. You know, and all of a sudden, you're and at the same time, you're kind of like, Where the heck is Hawkeye in all this, too? You know, (laughs) you had to bring in Hawkeye. No, (laughs) I'm like, I like, you just start to realize that the next movie in game is like, Where's everybody? There's nobody who's left, and you're starting to do this math in your head, and you're like, It's a math problem now. How do you defeat this guy? And you know, it's to me, it was just. It was it was sad. There was a somber feeling over the theater, and everybody was just kind of like, "I remember when it ended," and everybody's just kind of sitting there like, "What the heck?" You know, because I purposely did not watch any trailers before this film, and part of the reason is is because, like I said, when you've read the comics. And then it doesn't live up to your expectations. So I went into this film and got saying to myself, I'm not going to compare this to the comics. I'm not going to compare this. You know, I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is. And I just left the theater like, how in the world are they going to do this next film when all the all, half of them are gone? And so for me, it's a great film. I love it. And, um, you know, it's it left me just kind of like there was real consequence to this, but it was it was a lesson in brilliant storytelling that sometimes you know where you're flipping the protagonist and the antagonist, and the heroes are actually the antagonist, and you know, it's it was just it was brilliant writing in my opinion. Um definitely I definitely brilliant writing. So I, I agree that it is. It's a little ahead of end game, in my opinion. Uh, but I feel like both of those films were the perfect bookends. You know, when you think of going all the way back to Iron Man, all the way, you know, what they did to set up in Infinity War, to set up that ending, um, to just kind of close out all these years of that phase and then prepare for the next phase. Um, I feel like it was great. I feel like it was a great storytelling. So... Which leads me to my number one. Um, you know me; I like horror. I'm a horror fan. For those that you who don't know, I like horror movies. I don't like slasher stuff. I like horror—just fun stories that make you think. And so, for number one, I got to go with Doctor Strange. Uh, first of all, I felt like this has some of the most stellar effects of all the uh, the Marvel movies. Um, but it is to me, it is just a great mixture of you know, a character who has lost everything. I mean, this guy was an arrogant guy. He was sort of the 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 Tony Stark of the, of the Dr. Will. I mean, this was the guy that could do it all, and he has lost everything. Uh, he's lost his power. He's lost his celebrity. He's lost his money, his invis- invincibility. And at the same time, it's him searching, trying to get all that back. And what he ends up discovering is something that's so much more powerful to him as a character. And you get a lot of good mixture of humor in this guy's, in his his journey. But uh, I love Scott Derrickson as a uh, as a writer and a filmmaker. He did the uh, the uh, exorcism of Emily Rose. He did the Black Bone that recently came out. Uh, he's done some other work as well. And you know he is he is a, he is a man of faith. He is a Christian. I I don't know much about his theology or doctrine. i I'm, I'm not going to question that. But when he approaches film, obviously he approaches these horror elements from. An element of faith, but uh, there was something about this character, and of course, I'm a big Punisher and a big, you know, Doctor Strange comic book fan as well. And so, um, and you know, there's been some mixtures where they've teamed up, and so I've always liked Doctor Strange. But this film, for me, I don't know what it was about it specifically. Maybe it was just that journey of somebody losing it all and and finding something a calling that's better and different. Maybe that's what it was, but for me, this really, this story really hit home quite a bit. So I got to go with Dr. Strange as number one. Um, For me, it's, it's excellent storytelling and it was something that was new and different in the MCU at a time where we were probably needing something new and different heading into, you know, civil war and, you know, Infinity War and all those things. So I got to go Dr. Strange, number one.
1: Yeah, that one was, um, I mean, you know, again, there's, they're starting to pull in some of these different characters and and branch out beyond the core group that they, had, they established with the Avengers and all that. And Dr. Strange was a great addition. And, and, I mean, they've had such great casting in the MCU, I mean, can you do any better than Benedict Cumberbatch as Stephen Strange? Oh, man. I don't think so. I mean, I guess my only nitpick there is I almost wish they'd let him do his British accent. Um, (laughs) But he does such a good job with, um, um, you know, his American accent. So, yeah, he, you know, he's just such a good actor and does such a good job in that role. And yes, Scott Derrickson, I admire his storytelling and... um, you know, what he's done. And yeah, you you kind of, it's kind of cool to think, okay, you know, here's somebody who's a Christian that, you know, and again, like you said, I don't know all the details, but I know he's kind of made a name for himself, you know, having kind of these horny, spook, horror, spooky type movies, but not in the slasher type, but kind of make you think and um, type of way. And, and uh, yeah, really, um, really strong movie. I mean, I guess it's one that one of those typical Marvel movies that whereas the just the villain of the movie wasn't it wasn't the strongest, perhaps, um, you know, they had a run of some bad guys that weren't so great. But, um, yeah, you know, it makes me want to do a binge watch again of all the MCU sitting here and talking about so many great movies. And um, so, yeah, this has been fun. Um, and uh, yeah, way to go Marvel. I mean, I mean, people are talking about, you know, are, are superheroes kind of getting overdone and is it too much? Is it time to be done or, you know, and I mean, I think that, um, you know, uh, I mean, perhaps they could slow down a little bit um, and maybe really make sure they're telling the right stories at the right time. But I mean, such a great period to, I mean... As a kid me to think you'd be getting big screen Marvel movies of such quality and you'd be getting regular Star Wars content. I mean, I would have fainted. Um, I mean, this is just such a great time to be alive. You know, I got to agree because when you and I were growing up,
0: we didn't get these type of films all the time. Uh, we didn't get them at Harley at all when it came to Star Wars and things like that. But especially, And then superheroes at that time, uh, the quality, the technology to make them and do them the right way just wasn't wasn't quite there. You had the Superman films obviously and, and things like that, but I I don't know, for me and, and you know, I hear with you know, you know, obviously Disney's had had a rough year obviously. Everybody knows about that. There's been some leadership changes. Um and you know, you you hear these rumors about how they're going to they're going to slow down just for a bit, they're going to stress uh you know, quality over quantity. I actually think that's a good thing but I don't think that means that they're not going to be putting out content regularly. I think it, what it just means is that they're not going to put out as much content right at, right around, right at the same time. And I think that's okay. If you give me one or two things, uh, you know, throughout the year, I'm cool with that. You give me 10 or 12 things throughout the year. That's where I start to get burned out. So I'm okay with Marvel or Disney and Marvel kind of, taking a step back, reevaluating things. I, I I'm not saying I hated phase four. I'm just saying it just, I think with the, you know, Disney plus rolling out and wanting to put a lot of content on Disney plus, I think they maybe stretched themselves a little too thin budget wise, staffing, storytelling wise, writer wise. And they probably should have rolled these out a little bit better in, in different phases. And, had more time on them but they're still good stories and i still enjoy them so i'm cool with disney doing the new a new approach of quality over quantity but um i'm interested to see what they got going on i mean obviously secret wars uh, you know they've talked about that that's one of my favorite comic book series of of, of all time in the marvel universe so i'd be interested to see what they're going to do with that um so yeah there's a lot of things coming up that i'm kind of curious about. So. I I think that they have some good plans ahead
1: and I I just can't wait to see what they're going to do next. Definitely. I'm, I'm still on for the ride, still uh, enjoying things. And um, I mean, I'm looking forward to um, all three of the movies that they're coming out with this year, Um, you know, and they may hit, they may not, but um, I, you know um, I think they've got some real, Potential, so we'll see how they go alright man
0: well for those of you listening why don't you comment on in the Facebook group and let us know what your favorite MCU films are and let's see if they match up with Jason and I's list Jason it has been good to have you on folks if you haven't checked out Jason's books and his work go do that you can find him at JasonCJoiner.com. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you are going to be getting the rights
1: back to your books. Is that correct? That uh, that's seems like what's going to play out. Things are still kind of working out. So um, hopefully that'll happen. And, um, you know, I, yeah, I just will see what happens and what I can, you know, what new things I can surprise readers with. And um, you and I. Might know of something that we're gonna that we can surprise readers with later on. So, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And, um, thanks for having me on, JJ. It's always a blast.
0: All right, Jason, I appreciate you coming on. Everybody, go check out Jason's
1: work at jasoncjoiner.com. Follow him on social
0: media as well, folks. This has been Jason and JJ, and this has been Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. That's a wrap.